This episode of The Labor of Love is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Labor of Love, a podcast about marriage, family, and making peace with the people we live with. I'm Lori Leibovich, editor of RealSimple.com. More than 20 years ago, psychologist Arthur Aaron set out to determine whether he could generate intimacy between two strangers. He created a series of 36 increasingly personal questions, brought some university students into his laboratory, and had them pose those questions to each other in a 90-minute session. Six months after that experiment, two of those strangers who had answered Aaron's questions together, were engaged. If Aaron's experiment sounds familiar, you may be one of the millions of people who learned about it last year from an essay in the Modern Love column of the New York Times that went viral. The writer of that essay, Mandy Len Katrin, went on to give a TED Talk about her experience taking the test, which is divided into three 12-question sets. The test is readily available online, and though the initial experiment was meant for strangers, it's now presented as a way for couples to deepen their connection. Here today to discuss her experience with the 36 questions is Mandy Lancatrin, who teaches creative writing and English at the University of British Columbia and is the founder of the Love Story Project. Hi, Mandy. Thanks for being here. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me. So, Your article about the 36-question test that you took ran about a year ago in the New York Times, and it had a huge impact. I think that it's one of the most read pieces that ever ran on the New York Times site, and I think it's safe to say that your article probably spurred a lot of people to take that test. Can you tell me when you first heard about Aaron's test? Yes. I decided to write a book about romantic love. I had this degree in creative writing and I knew I wanted to write a book, but I kept sort of waiting to find the subject that I felt like would be big enough to be a book. And when I was 26, my parents divorced and it really got me thinking about love and love stories in particular. So I decided basically I wanted to find out everything I could find out about romantic love But about, I don't know, three years into that process, I found this article. It was an article in Wired magazine, and it was like a business conference that had used the 36 questions, and they referenced Arthur Aaron and his original study. And once I found that, I did a bit more research, dug in a little more deeply, and I was like, you know, one of these days, I'm going to try this study. (laughs) And I ended up doing it, I think, about three years after that. So you learned about... Aaron's test as you were researching love stories. You did you print out a copy and keep it in your pocket, or how <laughs> when did you? How long had you been hanging on to it before that night you whipped it out with your quote acquaintance? You know, it was one of those things that I I kind of knew. I just I knew about it. I thought it was interesting. I was incredibly skeptical as well. Just like the possibility of creating romantic love in the lab. I just thought this is a little bit too good to be true. But I was intrigued by this possibility of just like developing a sense of intimacy with someone like really quickly. I liked that idea. And I think, you know, to be perfectly honest, I read about the study at the very end of like a 10 year relationship, basically. 
And so it was this thing that was always kind of in the back of my mind as I was dating, really for the first time. So this relationship ended when I was 30. So I was dating for the first time in my adult life. And um, I never felt like I'd met someone that I wanted to do it with. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of this thing I thought, you know, one day there'll be a great opportunity. And then there was. And I just pulled it up on my iPhone. So for those listeners who haven't read your article, can you just describe what happened that night when you took the test with a man who you describe as an acquaintance? Yeah. So I knew this guy. We didn't know each other particularly well. I thought he was in a relationship at the time, although that turned out not really to be true. He was kind of getting out of a relationship. So he he invited me to go to the art gallery with him, and it seemed very off-handed. And I was like, I have no idea if this is a date, but it will be fun. And I was sort of dating someone at the time anyway, kind of casually. And so we went out to the art gallery, and then we went out for beer. And I think because he was going through this breakup, he was really thinking a lot about love and relationships. And I, because I write about love and relationships on my blog, I'm used to people bringing it up in conversation with me. And so he said, he said, you know, I have this theory that you could fall in love with anyone as long as they have, you know, a ba- you, you guys have a basic number of commonalities. And if that's true, then how do you choose? Like, how do you find someone to spend your life with? And I was like, you know, I don't know that you can fall in love with anyone. But then I thought of the study. And so I thought, this guy seems like a good person to try it with. And so I just mentioned it, you know, sort of casually like, oh, I've always wanted to try it, hoping that he would say, yeah, let's do it. And he did. So he wasn't at all, he didn't raise his eyebrows at all to this person that he's just going out with for the first time saying, hey, you want to take this 36 question quiz with me that's going to establish whether we can be intimate? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not at all. And honestly, it makes sense now that I know him quite well. Uh He's like, he's just a really open minded person. And he's always game for trying something new. So I didn't know that necessarily at the time, but yeah, he was like, sure, let's do it. He didn't, he didn't blink. Unlike people who have found the test online after reading your article or reading something else about it, um, you actually participated in the test in the, in the kind of environment that Aaron really intended it to be used in, which was when you really don't know anyone. What was it like to start revealing yourself to a perfect stranger, basically? You know, it was very comfortable for me. Like talking about myself and my life did not bother me that much. Partly, I think that's because, you know, I write personal essays, so I am a fairly open person in general. But also, I think we were just very comfortable together right away. The thing that did make me incredibly uncomfortable is every so often there's a question. It's not really a question. It's like a prompt. And it asks you to compliment the person that you're doing the 36 questions with. And those where I had to like look at him and say something nice about him. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that those just like terrified me. Since you didn't know him very well, how could you really compliment any sort of hardwired qualities or characteristics? You know, you would be surprised. I think there were things, I knew him well enough that I could say things like, like I think I said, I admire the way that 
people you're close to seem to really look up to you, right? And this I could kind of tell just because we had a couple of mutual friends. And I think I said I admired his taste in beer. <laughs> you know, I'm now there's like, something I, at a bar that you really can, you know, that's not a hard right? one to yeah. pull out at a bar. But... No, but I was I was really scared of saying, like complimenting, like basically saying anything to suggest that I thought he was attractive. But he, he immediately was like, I think you have nice legs. And I could feel myself you know, like totally blush. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, you know, he's just like a really confident, relaxed person. So I think he handled that whole thing much better than I did. When I read through the questions, and I have not taken the test with my husband, but I was reading through the questions, and, and at the beginning, it kind of feels like there's sort of fairly surface-level questions. They reminded me of the questions that you sort of, like, sit around asking people when you've been drinking too much and you're young, like, if you could have dinner, hmm. if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be? But then, you know, the questions get increasingly heavy, and the questions include ones like, whose death would impact you the most and what would you regret having not told that person? I'm having a hard time and I'd love you to, you know, enlighten me here. Having that conversation again, answering that question with someone that I didn't know very well. And what do you think those when you got deeper into the questions and you started to be more vulnerable, what were you feeling? Were you feeling embarrassed? Were you feeling open? Were you feeling like I, the fact that you could even share this with this virtual stranger meant that he must be pretty special? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think I felt embarrassed or even particularly self-conscious. You know, the alcohol definitely helped with that. <laughs> Funny how that happens. I've talked to a couple of people who have taken the test and that's like one, one sort of, one thing they all, everyone has mentioned is the alcohol. Yeah, but you know, the the main thing I found is just I felt totally absorbed by the experience in a way that I think few conversations have matched, you know, before or since. I think that there's something about sitting down and talking to someone and like the whole world disappearing. And I really did feel that way. Like every time our waitress would come over and ask us if we wanted another drink, I just remember being like so surprised that there was another person around, even though we're, you know, we're in a bar. It just felt like utterly absorbing. And that made me feel like the experience was special. And I didn't necessarily think, oh my God, we're going to fall in love. But I did think, you know, we're going to stay really close after this. Like, I really did feel that it had transformed our relationship from acquaintances to intimates. You write that one of the reasons why you think the test is so effective is that we all have a narrative of ourselves that we offer up to ourselves, but also to strangers and acquaintances and friends. And we all know what that narrative is. And we have it kind of locked in. But that these questions kind of force you out of your own narrative. You have to think and you need to expand what the idea of yourself is. Do you think that that has something to do with why, you know, as you're increasingly vulnerable during the course of the test, you're also learning about yourself. You're also telling different stories. Yeah, which I actually think is a really important part of the experience of doing it. And it's why like Arthur Aaron has gone on record saying, 
you can't do the questions more than once. Like you can, but they won't have the same effect. And I think part of it is that there is this element of self-discovery. Like I was really surprised by some of my own answers because they're just things I hadn't really thought about it until I started verbalizing them. There is a real pleasure, I think, in self-discovery. And so it's not simply that you're learning about this other person, but that you're revealing yourself to this other person and you're also learning about yourself in the process. So I, I don't know. I think that's... Can you recall any one question that made you feel that way? Like the, the one that comes to mind immediately is there's a question that's like, how, how do you think you, you're, you'll die? I don't It's something like that. But basically, you know, I was like, oh, breast cancer. And it just came out of nowhere. Wow. And I had no idea that this was something that I had believed about myself. I think it's because my mother like regularly sends me emails about like things I should do to maintain my health. But um, just stuff like that, you know, like one of them, the second one is like, would you ever want to be famous? And in what way? And, you know, I was like, oh, no, which is ironic, considering that, the, you know, I had this blip of like internet fame in response to having actually done this. But you know, I, I didn't know how unappealing I found fame to be until I actually stopped to answer that question. As an editor of a website, I spend a lot of time on websites every single day. It's a big part of my day. And I'll tell you, there is a big difference between going to a site that looks clean and bright and fresh and easy to use than there is when you visit one that's cluttered and hard to navigate. Squarespace sites look professionally designed, and regardless of your skill level, there's no coding required. They have intuitive and easy-to-use tools, and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. So, Mandy, walk us through the last year a little bit. You wrote this article. You reveal in the article that you and your acquaintance became lovers after spending the evening asking each other these questions. Where do things stand now? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's important to point out that we actually didn't start a romantic relationship right away. We actually started a close friendship. And in the first draft that I sent to the New York Times, the last paragraph of the essay, I said, you know, you're probably wondering if we're in love. And the answer is, I'm not sure, because we had just started this very close friendship, but we hadn't you know, there was always this question kind of hanging over the friendship, which is, is it going to become more than a friendship? And I, I was kind of like, okay with either outcome, which I feel like is a really important part of the whole thing. Because in my experience, especially with online dating, I always felt like I had a lot of anxiety about love and relationships. And having done this, these questions and feeling like I really trusted this person with whatever outcome happened and that I would be quite content with a friendship or a romantic relationship was a totally new and unusual experience for me. So I feel like part of why our relationship is great now is that it really started with this trust and this friendship as opposed to 
jumping into a romantic relationship. Do you credit the test for that? I do. Yeah, I totally do. Although I think if you would ask him, he would be more likely to say we could have ended up in a relationship no matter what. And maybe we would have. So he he credits it less than I do. What percentage do you think the tests, <laughs> what percentage of your relationship do you think is based on having taken this test in your first date so or so? I don't know how to answer that question, but here's what I will say. I will say that because the article came out about three months into our relationship and, you know, it went, I think in the first month it had like 8 million views or right. something. It's insane. And then I did a, a TED talk about it about nine months into our relationship. I would say that in many ways it is now impossible to separate my experience of being in this relationship from my experience of doing this study and writing about it. So that those two things continue to influence each other. And like an example I can give is that I, um, I came across this article on psychology today where this guy had watched my TED talk and used it as a, a kind of case study for what he describes as an insecure relationship. So he basically is like, after watching this TED Talk, it's clear that um, Mandy is not in a secure relationship. And I was I was just like- Based on what? What was his reasoning there? I don't know. This is a great question. Because I said that I had to make the choice to be in the relationship, and I didn't realize starting the relationship that I would have to make that choice again and again. And so his thinking was like, you know, if you're in a secure relationship, you don't always feel like you're choosing to be with this person. You just trust that you're, it's been decided. I feel that I completely disagree with that. I feel like you choose it every single day. Yeah, I think you choose it a lot. And, and so, you know, I was so annoyed by this. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, email this guy and I'm going to have him send me free copies of his book. This is like my, my revenge strategy. You know, how can, how dare he evaluate my relationship based on a 12 minute talk? Um, so I get, I get his book in the mail and it is like, I I'm so reluctant to admit this, but it had a lot of really interesting advice in it that I <laughs> found like incredibly useful as much as I, I disagree with his, think with his willingness to analyze my relationship based on a 12 minute talk I have found it like has some strategies that I actually apply in my relationship something you wrote in your piece and I'm going to quote back because I think it's a really interesting way of looking at love you say most of us think about love as something that happens to us we fall we get crushed but what I like about the study is how much it assumes love is an action can you explain what you mean by this yeah. So, you know, I think about this a lot and I've actually, I've done a second TED talk where I talk a lot about the language we use when we talk about love, specifically like the metaphors. And we really conceptualize love, even at like the basic sort of linguistic level as this really powerful force that acts on us, you know, so like we're crushed or we're, we're smitten, you know, which is one of my favorite examples, like smitten, smite is the word that the book of Exodus uses to talk about like the plagues of an angry God. Right. So I just think it's so interesting that this is also means to be very much in love. So I think 
it's almost impossible for us to separate ourselves from this idea that love is this force that acts on us and that we have to sort of passively accept. And what I really love about Aaron's study is that it suggests that we can have some agency in this process. And, you know, I, I really don't think it guarantees romantic love, but I do think, you know, if both people are invested, it does guarantee the sense of trust and intimacy that is hard to achieve Otherwise, like it's possible. It's just a much, much slower process. Who do you think this test is for? Who would you recommend it to? Oh, I would recommend it to anyone, like literally anyone. I think everyone should try it. Have you heard, um, have people who have taken it written to you about their experiences taking it? I've gotten lots of emails. It's been a really interesting experience. And I've also met people who have done it. One of the craziest things that happened was... When my partner and I were out for dinner about a month after the article came out and we were at this little pizzeria in town that has a, all the tables are very close together. They all share a back bench. So we're sitting close to, you know, people on either side of us and I'm like telling him some story and halfway through the story, he picks up his phone and he starts typing and I'm I was like so annoyed I was like you're not even listening like you're texting while I'm talking about whatever I was talking about and then he slides the phone across the table and I look at it and on it he's written the people next to us are doing the 36 questions <laughs> did you eavesdrop for the rest of the oh, evening I did I How tried could you not? really hard not to and we really debated about um, whether or not we should be like hey like that's, that's us, us. <laughs> But we decided not to because we really didn't want to, like, interfere with their experience. But I would love to know kind of what happened. But I have had emails from a lot of people, strangers. I've done talks and have had people come up to me after and say, oh, you know, we did the 36 questions when your article first came out and we're still together. This happened to me last week. I was at a, a reading here in town and this girl that I I sort of know, like a friend of a friend said, Oh yeah, I wanted to let you know I did that, and uh, this is my boyfriend. Oh. And it was—it's pretty cool That's to feel like really cool. Yeah. My final question is: Would you mind sharing with us the state of your union and what's happening right now with you? Yeah, I mean, I try not to talk about it too much, but I understand why people ask. You know, like things are really good. He is moving into my apartment in a couple weeks. Oh, so. Congratulations! That's Thanks. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so things are good. Mandy, thanks so much for being on The Labor of Love today. It was really, really interesting to hear how your year has been. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Labor of Love. To everyone listening, I'm challenging you to give this test a try. I'm so curious to hear what you think of it and whether you find it has an effect on your relationship. To get started, visit nytimes.com backslash 36q or click the link in the podcast description. Then let me know how it goes by emailing tlolpodcast at gmail.com or tweeting to me at Lori Leibovich. That's L-O-R-I-L-E-I-B-O-V-I-C-H. I'd like to thank our producer, Kristen Meinzer. If you enjoyed the episode, please review and subscribe on iTunes, where you'll also find three more podcasts from Real Simple. You can subscribe to The Labor of Love at iTunes.com slash Panoply or at Panoply.fm. I'm Lori Leibovich, and I'll see you next time on The Labor of Love. Mm-hmm.